Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. We got March Madness with St. Patrick's Day mixed in over the weekend. Guys, how was your weekend? Did you follow any of the March Madness? Absolutely. It is, uh, you know, it surprises me every year since I, I don't really follow uh, college basketball that much. It surprises me how much I enjoy the, the college March Madness, and it's got to be because of the brackets. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody's involved. But, you know, the, the flip side of that is it's so, it's so painful in a way to just be cheering on like your, your school, your alma mater's like rivals. I, I had Michigan State winning the whole thing. Strange bedfellows. What about from the international perspective? We've got Sam from Chiesa di Toti with us. Sam, are you following March Madness here in the States? Oh, I surely was. So uh, I first got into March Madness last year, and I actually have an unfair advantage over all the Americans that do brackets because I have no ideological ties to these <laughs> schools. And I have no burden of knowledge of who normally does well and who doesn't. So I'm able to pick with a clear head. All right. And last year, I was in a competition with 20 people. I won. Because you like the color purple or something crazy like that? Well, no, that. I, I had rules like uh, if the school was the name of a state, but it's not a state. So like you had something like, uh, like, like uh, Miami State. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a state. So you lose. <laughs> so, so not counting that. All yeah, right. yeah. All right, you got your rules. That is the, the beauty of the tournament. Uh, strange bedfellows, like Marco said, you're rooting for strange teams. Uh, and uh, absolutely, man, it's, it's, uh, there's no science to it. My story has got to be uh, at a Loyola University Chicago, guys. Sister Jean, the 98-year-old nun, who's also the team chaplain, has become an international celebrity. So maybe they're uh, hearing about her out in Australia, Sam. One of their players describing Sister Jean saying, the way she prayed just stuck out to me. Uh, in the middle of her prayer, there's a scouting report mixed in. She tells us who their best players are and what to watch out for. And sometimes she'll pray for the referee to make the right calls. So Loyola University still in it. They play Nevada. This is number seven versus 11 seed this week in the Sweet 16. Sounds Looking like that nun's got her uh, priorities straight. That's right. That's right, man. I'm, uh, th- I love stories that come out of that. The narrative of, uh, of the March Madness is uh, always fantastic. Can she do a little prayer for Roma? She, in the Champions League. We'll see, man. They they got the same colors, Loyola University of Chicago yeah. Roma. So Yeah, and it's like that. a wolf, right? A rambler? That's uh, that's a good question. I don't know what a rambler is. The, Nevada is the, is the wolves. That's so. the other beauty of March Madness from an international perspective. The the sheer weirdness of the mascots. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah they don't the hilltoppers of western Kentucky. There's always random sure. stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, that's going on here in the States. Sam, what about internationally? We've got some big sporting news out there that's not soccer-related. Yes, Chris. So the Rugby Six Nations tournament's been going down in Europe, and uh, it is my sad duty to report to Curve America and America in general that uh, Italy did not win a game in this tournament again. They have not won a game since February in 2015. And it was absolutely heartbreaking watching this weekend, uh, Italy versus Scotland. I can honestly say the Italian team's getting way better. And uh, they, they score tries. So, like, they do the hard bits, but then they kind of get tired in the second half. They were playing on the Stadio Olimpico. So, they're, in a way, they were cursed. And they were cursed. <laughs> the cursed ground. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was like I was watching Roma unfold in front of my eyes. So, Italy had the lead with about three minutes to go. They kicked a penalty goal to put themselves up by two points. And what would Roma do in this situation? They managed to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory and conceded a penalty goal for, for some for some silly rugby-ish offense, like uh, not clearing out properly or something like that. Whatever it was, that all they had to do was hold on for one more minute, couldn't do it. The Scots get out of jail, and sadly, Italy's losing streak goes on. All right. Well, there is some positive news, seeing as it was St. Patrick's Day. I saw Ireland beat England, so that, that part of the family tree is happy for that one, so... Uh 
there's a little joy in that. Yeah. I hope St. Patty delivering. It's it's one of the uh, great things actually is watching a European country celebrate uh, winning the Six Nations tournament, um, knowing that they haven't had to play New Zealand or Australia yet. There you go from from our our native Aussie here uh, cheering for the European teams. <laughs> Well, let's stick with the European news here. We're going to go to another European sport in soccer. We're finally going to get to that as a, as a soccer podcast. Here we go to the soccer news. Let's jump to the Champions League draw, guys, for the Italian teams. It's Italy versus Spain. We've got Juve playing Real and Roma playing Barcelona. It's juicy. It's juicy. We're, we're going to get into some of the details uh, in, throughout the podcast when we actually <clears throat> get to the teams, but... Uh, all I have to say is it's the Spain versus Italy battle royale here. Yep, it's uh, always exciting taking on La Liga. I don't know what Bian's going to do. They, they may have to I, ap- actually show Italian teams by default. No, I, I think they, they might cut just to like Barcelona cam or something. Yeah. So like they won't yeah. actually show the Roma guys. Right, the yeah. The day Bian gets Champions League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's true. They don't have it, but uh, you know how Bian is. The other news we got to just mention, OTFR did get uh, drawn in Europa as well. They've taken on RB Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig, the same team that knocked out Napoli. So some uh, Italian history there in this Europa challenge. Uh, what do you guys think of that? OTFR taking on Leipzig here? Leipzig would be looking at the, the other side of the field and be like, didn't we just beat this team? <laughs> the same exact colors. <laughs> <laughs> they're Italians too. What's going on with that? And then they're going to get waxed. We will Maybe. see. Yeah, Europa, that's, we're going to talk about OTFR. They may be putting all their chips in on Europa. We will see when we get to them in week 29. With that said, guys, let's jump to week 29. Back in the Serie A, Marco replacing Tad here with the rundown. Here we go. Juventus dropping points at Spall. That's right, Curve Americans. Your ears are not playing tricks on you. The Partenope are back in the game with a goal from an unlikely hero, while Roma continue their good form, and OTFR continue with their minor slump. Icardi reminds everyone that he is one of the world's best, and Silva is Milan's hero for the second week running. At the bottom of the table, we've got Benevento starting to make their peace with a devastating last-minute loss to my favorite, and now the perfected word on the podcast, Cagliari. That's right, I finally got it out after two and a half seasons. Finally, we preview the Spain versus Italy battle royale that we just mentioned in the Champions League. Guys, before we go to week 29, Marco, what do we have with social media? Guys, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, isidoma360.com, Corv America. Just get on there, rate and comment, and have a great day. Absolutely. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well, at Curve America. Tell us what you think about the podcast. We tweeted out, we are drinking Nastro Azzurro like good Italians after San Giuseppe, uh, his day has passed here now. So uh, drinking Italian beer for the podcast. We hope everyone can sit back, relax, and enjoy week 29. Up first, still in the top spot on the table, is Juventus versus Spal, but this one finished with a 0-0 draw. Spal step out of the relegation zone, for now, after a deserved point at home. And Juventus, no goals in this one. Marco, go ahead. Spal, they do it. You know, and the entire game, you're just sitting there watching, saying, Wait. it's coming. Wait, yep. exactly. It's coming. <laughs> Wait for it. Coming, then it doesn't come. Then they put more defenders on the field towards the end of the game. They're parking the bus. You're like, it's coming. (laughs) And it never comes. Juventus end their 15-game win streak in Serie A, but they are yet to give up a goal in 2018. Amazing, amazing stat there. Unbelievable. Their 15 goals against is the third best defense in Europe to Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. But now they have Napoli at minus two, and all of a sudden it's interesting again. We, we got a Scudetto race. How about it? Yeah, we, th- we were talking last week, uh, you know, it, where, where is Napoli going to get some points? We were thinking <laughs> the scontro diretto, you know, uh, and then potentially uh, at Roma. But, hey, Spall comes out of nowhere. That's and right. uh, maybe it's because Juventus just didn't rest any players. I mean, they, they came out the same way they did against Atalanta and... You know, a couple players were, were missing. And then uh, same way they kind of came out last weekend 
uh, and you know, Champions League. Are, are these players tired? I mean, I know there is a an international break, but half their team is on an international squad this week. Look, it, they looked tired, but then it could also be just an emotional letdown when you've had to be on your game. You know, they had that huge win in London against Tottenham. Uh, playing Atalanta away, another huge game, and then you're playing Spal, and well, it's just it doesn't have the same hype. So yeah. like, you, you can't keep riding the highest waves every week. Juventus pulling a Virginia here, losing to the 16 seed, man. Well, they also, UMBC. Yeah. yeah, they also beat Udinese in between there. So you know, they again, maybe they're a little bit tired. It's been a busy, busy month. Um, you know, in the end, it's it's gonna be okay, but. Uh, I don't know, was it a smart move by Allegri, just not resting some players, or is he thinking, uh, you know, not leaving a point out on the table right now? I'm okay with it. Um, I think you play with the guys that get you points, and right now he's confident that he knows his team, and he's putting out the team that have, have basically delivered every time this year, so... To be honest, I don't think they'll be too worried about um, not picking up the points here. They played quite well. Uh, they fashioned plenty of opportunities. It was just a matter of, you know, putting the ball in the net at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, this is culture. It so happens. you're saying it's just props to Spall? That's for the first time in 2017-18, I'm giving Spall a compliment. Yes. Well, we've been giving Without Spall compliments goal. all season know, yeah. because they, they've been playing well. they got a couple players on there that are fun to watch. Antenucci specifically, I mean, this man's got a ripe beer, beard. <laughs> Maybe drinks a lot of beard, beer with You're that beard. You're thinking a tad there. Holy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's been impressive all season. But speaking of impressive, he has an interview with Tancredi Palmieri of BN Sports after the game in English. And uh, I'm sorry, Tancredi, I, I'm, I don't know who speaks better English here. It's uh, <laughs> the, in, the BN reporter or the... Uh, captain of spal i don't know (laughs) you know it's uh it was impressive uh so props to him on that but more props to to spal they're out of the relegation zone for now i know that they're a game behind uh uh, still that's huge yeah that's that's the first time for several weeks yeah we've had a change up in the bottom three they're they're in the you know they're in definitely in the danger zone at all times but um you know it's going to be interesting it's going to be a real battle towards the end of the season yeah, definitely. We're hoping more for Spa. We thought they were going to make a big run here to at least a mid-table team after uh, picking up some some big players. Um, but they're going to be fighting for relegation zone for sure. You mentioned Allegri here, uh, resting players or, or uh, you know not playing them that much. Unless he's going for that national team job. Uh, I don't know, guys. Juve and uh, uh, a lot of players are in the, the Italy's uh, friendly this weekend. Friday playing uh, Argentina. You got a bunch of Juve players uh, on both sides of the field on this one. What do you guys think of that? Uh, we got Buffon getting the call up. That's a big shocker. Yeah. Chiellini maybe. Uh, he's, although he's no, injured now. Yeah. And then uh, on actually on our Argentina side, you got Iguain and Dybala getting call up. So what do we'll, you think of this friendly? We'll yeah. see if they even play though. I mean, Messi, Aguero, Iguain, Dybala, Icardi, Icardi. Yeah. Certainly uh, some some heavy hitters here in uh, in Italy versus Argentina on Friday. So we're looking forward to that as much as you can for an international friendly before the World Cup, in which Italy is not even in. But uh, we've got the Champions League draw that we definitely have to talk about. So it's uh, Juve versus Real again. What do you guys think? You guys think Juve's got a chance in this one in a home-and-home? Home? Absolutely. I kind of think Real Madrid would be more disappointed with this draw than Juve would. I mean... You, you're gonna you're gonna play a big team in the quarterfinals, but the fact that uh, Real Madrid have to take on Juventus, and the fact that Juventus were able to get out of London despite being the second best team for most of that, I mean that tells me they are a tournament pedigree side, and I don't know, like they're always capable of stepping up that gear, and that's what makes them such formidable European players, because you you know you don't have to be the best team over 180 minutes, you just got to be the best team via the score line. Right, right. And then definitely Real needs to walk away with some hardware here. So, uh, you know, getting a Champions League, uh, that's going to be on the top of their uh, their list. Well, you know, I think uh, in, a, in a one-off game with Ronaldo, probably Real Madrid has, uh, has the advantage there. Uh, but in two games where you can, like, uh, you know, bring in the tactics 
and really take advantage of your strong defense and and some of your attacking players like Iguain and Dybala having magical moments. I think you I think the the hat tilts to to Juventus especially because of the, you know, how well they've been playing all year. Real Madrid, you know, they've picked it up and again, never bet against Cristiano, but uh, I think Juventus has a l- slight upper hand in, in this tie. The, All other, right. the other thing I'd say to that is, how often do you reckon Real Madrid play against a defense as good as Juventus? Yep, yeah. that's yeah, true. They and don't, not in Spain. Barcelona and Atletico are the only two defenses that are better, though. I still I still rate Juve above both those teams. I would, too. But yeah. still, I, I'm still inspired with what I saw against that second leg against Tottenham, man. The Juve just... They have another gear. We've been talking about it all season. Pretty amazing. And uh, if, if they pull a, a feat like that up in uh, Spain, I'd, I would be impressed with that. That would be cool. So plenty of news there with Juventus and half of the Italian national team since they play for Juventus. Let's keep rolling, guys. Our second game, Napoli. They took on Genoa. This one finished one nothing, And our Scudetto dreaming again. The first thing we got to talk about is Napoli knows what is at stake here. Every game is a final leading up to week 20, 38 here. And we got the first uh, inclination from Sari saying, all right, he's thinking about the Scudetto. We've kind of been avoiding that topic all season long. He said after, uh, um, uh, actually before this game against Genoa, his quote, Marco's favorite part, I'd march on the palace to take power back from Juve. Even the fact that Sarri's hinting at the Scudetto, Scudetto race here, uh, that's pretty cool. And, and I think that we're turning a corner in the season here that uh, the head coach of the number two team with Napoli, they're thinking about it and they're going to make a run at it for sure. We knew that going into it, but the fact that Sarri's talking about it, that's a change. Well, they can think about it all they want, but they need to do better than squeaking by a win against the Genoa squad. Now, they, they had more of the play as they usually do, but, you know, Albiol scoring in the 72nd minute he's he's your guy who who gets this through i mean you know again you you're going to need these types of wins uh, on your way to the top uh but you know they they need their top players at the you know the front line to be firing all cylinders it feels different with napoli like that was a tense match the whole stadium seemed tense yeah. like I, they're feeling the pressure. It's absolutely. I, I, I don't blame them. I mean, because you've got the played, yeah, yeah, they played. Juve played the day before, and so they know. Oh, oh, man! Like yeah. we really, uh, we've got enough. Good, Good catch, thanks. <laughs> Juve uh, or Napoli saw the day before. Juve uh, dropped points and and definitely go into Sunday thinking, well, we can't give this up. We have to get three today, and so it's going to be like that. Anytime Juve plays before them, they're going to know what's in front of them, and. Uh, that was definitely on, uh, on display there. They did hit the woodwork a few times from what I saw, and they punched one in. So, look, man, I mean, it is weird that uh, um, this is our hero for today. Um, I'll be old, but hey, whatever works. I mean, we'll take an ugly win, right? Absolutely. I got to say, too, guys, that Serie A, as much as people say, like, ah, oh, it's a boring league and all that, you got to look at the other big European countries with England, France, Spain, Germany, the point differences... We're the only ones that have a competitive race for the Scudetto here, and that is pretty cool. Absolutely. And even as podcasters, but as, especially as fans, the fact that we can still like enjoy all the, probably all the way up to week 38. You know, we got to have the caveat that it changes week to week, and maybe the next two weeks that won't be the case. But uh, it's fun right now. We think we're going to have a race all the way to the end. It's just a cool storyline too, right? You got the, the reigning champs that could be going for the seventh Scudetto in a row, which is like unbelievable. You know, we're going to look back at this time period years from now and it's, you know, there's, it's going to be like the, the New England Patriots, you know, you're looking at an absolute dynasty in the Serie A and the team that potentially took him off was Napoli. You know, a southern squad That's that right. was able to retain its players yeah. and, uh, you know, play beautiful soccer. Play it's beautiful so soccer against all them. odds. You know, beating that, beating them out if they do. So it's a beautiful story, and uh, just looking forward to the home stretch here. I think we got like nine games left. Woo! Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. No Look. more breaks after this weekend. That's this right. Is, this is our last city a less weekend. Final push. Look at us being an Italian podcast here, using beautiful any chance we get. <laughs> Passion. <laughs> Passion. Adore. Adore. <laughs> On the other side of the ball, quickly, guys, not much to say about Genoa, 
But Giuseppe Rossi did dress for this one, did get into the game. Happy for that. New Jersey strong. Let's go to our favorite game now. The third one on the table, Roma versus Crotone. Crouton Nation. This one finished 2-0. Roma keep a hold of third place and keep the good times rolling. Sorry, Crouton Nation. But I was a split fan in this one. Sam, tell us about it. What went Yes, yeah, so uh, not much to report on this one. Um, El Shirawi put Roma a goal up in the closing stages of the first half. Crotone showed plenty uh, going forward, and uh, they were quite unlucky. Um, they were denied by a, a one-on-one Alisson save, and uh, they kept pushing right to the end, but then Ninja Nangalan scored the decisive second goal late on to secure the three points, and uh, yeah, that was that. Three in the bag, and Roma have survived the winter horrors. Yeah, nice little finish there with Nangalan with the left foot, but you got to mention Allison, right, with the footwork. I mean... I was a little nervous in this game. I, he's been impressive with that, with uh, being a goalkeeper, but being able to basically juggle the ball outside of the 18. But uh, he had some moves in this one that were impressive. Yeah. You got to love when a big team comes to a small stadium like Crotone. It felt like going to watch a University of Maryland game, you know, when you're watching <laughs> or, it. Or DC United TV. playing at uh, uh, Maryland. <laughs> Soccerplex. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's beautiful. And uh, Crotone has a, a fun story itself. Um, Chris, you were looking confused at Roma Club, man. I know, man. man. You, you, have, you had this Pythagoras shirt on. That was right. like, the hell is that? Half the kids on the team don't even half the kids in the club don't even know what Pythagoras is. Yeah, that that joke was over everyone. That head. is or what Pythagorean yeah. theorem is. Yeah. Sam, was, what is it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was, so, it was fun. but yeah, I love I love Allison's footwork, but I just love Roma taking care of the games that they need to take care of. Yeah, Marco. Pythagoras theorems A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. Not just C squared. Don't Crotone play me. squared. Don't play me. <laughs> all right. So all I know, uh, you know, you got you you making me confused here, man. Too much wine. But all all I know is that Roma's getting it done, um, you know, against the smaller teams as they should. We've had too many times we've been disappointed against the smaller teams. Yeah. And it's not happening this season. So That's right. maybe uh maybe something Maybe something good here, but let's let's talk about this Barcelona game because this is going to be the highlight of the season. So first games away in Spain or Catalonia <laughs> that way in Yeah, depending on right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a cliche. They can't win it, but they sure as hell can lose it. Right. In their first game, um, batten down the hatches, and that's the thing. When I was watching Crotone this week, all I could think of was ooh. Don't do that against Barca. Ooh, yeah. Can't like, do that against thank Barca. Thank God we're You're playing Crotone. Bruno Perez, yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> a drunk Bruno Perez. He looked lazy as hell this game. He was like not even tracking back. What was he doing, Well, man? he's lost his spot marker. He's, he, he's lost yeah, it. Yeah, but his, he's like his his foot is being like casted in, in gold uh, for that for that performance of that Shakhtar. save off the line against Shakhtar. <laughs> as well, it should be. And you know, I've been I've been kind of on on Team Perish all all year just just because it's fun to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, against Barcelona, it's everything's gonna have to go right. Basically, um, Jacko's gonna have to have a hell of a game. Yeah. Uh, the the defense gonna have to batten down the hatches. Allison will probably. You know, be worth two hundred fifty million after the 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 tie if he does well. So, let's see what happens. Uh, like you said, though, man, uh, as long as they don't get waxed seven nothing, right? You know, Take it to I think the it's a win. And then, yeah, it- Ben don't break in Spain. That's the game plan. Ben don't break. So, team games like this are prime for teams like Roma because everybody knows about Rome. Everybody knows how beautiful of a city it is, and. Uh, you know, we got the fresh kits. The stadium, when it's full, is massively impressive. And then you see a team like Roma, if you're kind of like outside looking in, you're like, wow, you know, a lot of superstars on this team. How come I'm not a Roma fan? And that's when we bag them <laughs> and take there them to go. Roma Club. And then they're Roma Club. That's right. No, man, you're absolutely right. Uh, I hope we play with enough swagger to say we have nothing to lose in this game. I think for both the Italian teams, right? There's nothing that you would expect of beating Spain, so there should be no pressure. The only pressure maybe would be don't lose 8-1. to one. Look, I know James Pilato would have been watching the March Madness, probably more than he watches Serie A. Those Boston teams. Yeah. <laughs> maybe attending more March Madness games. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, what were you getting? What were we? No, I was at? just saying that's just, that's your inspiration right there. Basically, Kiesity told his point on Jimmy Pelota there. I the, think. Un, the University <laughs> of Maryland and Baltimore County beat the University of Virginia. There you this go. This is sport. Upsets happen. There you go. Oh, I man. like that. Up and at them. All right. So Roma, a 16 seed. We're pin, pinning our hopes on that. <laughs> all right. So we will see. That's all coming up. Um, up next on week 29 is Inter and Sampdoria. And this was just a spanking. 5 nothing Inter. The main story here, everyone hopefully saw over the weekend, is Icardi. He had four goals in this one. His first goal since January 5th, he, to be fair, was out with an injury for a month at that time. But uh, Marco, you saw this. Apparently, uh, he scored his 100th goal in the uh, uh, Serie A. That's his, he's the sixth youngest player in the Serie A to hit that, uh, that mark and uh, had to change his cleats at halftime. What was that about? Yeah, so apparently Nike shipped him out uh, some fresh cleats for the 100 goals, and he scored a hat-trick in the first half, uh, but still got another one after he put him on uh, at halftime. And you know, you're looking at it, you're like, man, really? Nike? Like, Icardi? Like, who who knows about Icardi outside of the Serie A, <laughs> realistically, unless you're an Argentine fan? Argenti- Maxi Lopez? Yeah, Maxi he, Lopez, yeah, he's in there. Serie A. Oh, he's yeah. still so, in, yeah. Maxi Lopez's parents? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's you know, that's that Argentine connection, anyways. Yes, so let's keep it G-rated for that Argentine connection. Yeah. <laughs> but all I'm all I'm saying with this is that you know, Icardi, guys, he is the sixth youngest player in 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 the world to get to a hundred goals by the age of twenty five before Cristiano Ronaldo, which like that in itself is yeah. mind boggling. Which it's means in Serie A too. If he's going at this pace, he's going to be scoring more goals than Cristiano. Like when you think of it. If that right. you know, obviously he has right. to he has to get to another level to even touch Cristiano Ronaldo. But I mean, at this rate, he is working some legendary numbers. He's only twenty five, and he's never played on a championship team. Think about that. How impressive is that? Amazing. So uh, you know, I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if if a lot of uh, big clubs were doling out some serious cash for for Icardi at the end of the season. I saw today his agent slash wife Wanda was uh, in the news saying that they're uh, trying to uh, knock out a long term contract with Inter. Seeing as how it's an international break, we have to talk about something in the newspapers. So we'll see if that is true or not. But right, be interesting to see if he stays with Inter. Uh, I'll save that for the transfer market. The other part of the interstory is the man at the helm, Ilmister Spalletti. And man, you're killing me, Ilmister. His quote after this one. So they had a rough time last week, and his response to that game was, compliments guaranteed defeat. So essentially he's saying here, my reverse psychology, that's what caused us to have this 5 nothing spanking of Sampdoria. My take on this, guys. I was a big fan of Spalletti, and he's wearing on me. After two seasons with two big Italian clubs, there's a lot of just ebullient flow of excrement, it seems like, uh, out of Spalletti. (laughs) I tell you what, I love his football teams. I love what he's produced on the fields, but my God, you're right. Listening to what he says in the media, it's just... uh, I like his style. Is it the same guy? Is it the same guy like 10 years ago that we worshipped? I want to know what oils he uses for that dome piece. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I, I do aspire to get that look down, but as far as uh, his reverse psychology for suddenly having uh, this, this victory, I think Acardi scoring four goals, that's probably more so than your psychological. Yeah. Well, we, one of which was a back heel yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Let's He's not a flare forget player that. A flare team. Let's not forget that Inted has been nowhere to be seen in the last couple of years. He's brought them to a good point. Yes, they they weren't in any major competitions, and at a certain point, they've dropped off. It's that kind of happens with Spalletti's teams. But last year, he worked wonders with Roma. This that, year, he's he's worked wonders with Inter. Like again, people are are too. You know, what can you do for me tomorrow or today? Yeah, think about Inter's Inter at the beginning of the season. You know, Champions League was the goal, yep. and they're there. Yep. So that's right. You know, Spalletti, I still think is a solid coach. They don't have the pieces in the team yet to stay consistent throughout the entire season. Uh, but they have Icardi, and he, yeah, he scored four goals. Who knows if that was because of reverse psychology or because uh, Icardi knew he was getting those blue cleats at halftime? Yeah. So really, with them, they're sitting pretty pretty. 
in the Champions League spot. Pretty, but, pretty. Yeah, double pretty. But do you think they're a uh, credible threat going forward against the big teams? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I think a, a couple more smart buys, and they'll be there. If they're able to keep Skriniar, bring yeah. in uh, DeVry from, from OTFR, and really solidify that, that defense and somehow hold on to Icardi, they're going to be a force to reckon with next year. So during the summer just gone, we were talking about Perisic being the one who would move on, and they managed to keep a hold of him. So there is a precedent of interbuilding you know, championship-winning squads. Absolutely. And it, it helps when they, you know, they've had a season of solid attendance, yeah. them and yeah. Milan. You know, we've seen a resurgence of that. And, it, you know, undeniable that El San Siro is, is one of the best stadiums in the world when you have, like, the, the right energy in there. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Inter, again, they, I, I think the future's bright. Just uh, just keep it together, you know. Let's not let things explode when they, when they shouldn't be. That's right. No, I definitely happy for Siriasi and Inter back in the mix. On the other side of the ball, guys, super quick is Sampdoria. They are declining fast. I mean, the the takeoff they had in the first part of the season compared to now, the past couple weeks. I mean, after the winter break, John Paolo Ilmister saying after this one, he's putting been putting all the blame on Samp, selling its players like they did last year. Schick left. And Muriel going to Spain, uh, I mean, he has a point. They did sell some players, but are you guys buying this? After their first half season's magical run, I just it's, it's just like they're not built for a 38-week run, but I don't think it's because they sold their players. No, I think they just, you know, they just they played Inter uh, at the wrong moment. With, you know, Icardi again with them blue boots in the, in the, in the locker room. They'll be fine. They had like the best, I believe they had the best, a home record out of any other team other than Juve in the in the league. I don't have the statistics game. to disprove that. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm it's all uh, up in here, man. <laughs> I'm pointing at my brain. I'm looking it up now. They're they're tied with Atalanta right now on points with 44. Fiorentina's behind them with 41 on the table, and just guys like Atalanta just feels like they've had a better season overall compared to Sampdoria. But Sampdoria weren't meant to be achieving what they have. Yes. Like they weren't meant run. to be this high. Right. So if you yeah. told me that Quayetta was gonna score 18, right. 17, right. 18 goals yeah. at this point of the season, I would have told you you don't even know who that is. Right. Uh, right. But you know, my favorite part of this game was was definitely seeing the president of Ferrero. He was he just looked dumbfounded when he saw Icardi scoring all those goals. And that guy <laughs> is a crazy guy. Lost um, for words after this one. I didn't lost see the press for words for yeah. once. You know, <laughs> so he's uh, he is a character. That's one of the things you got to love about City. Absolutely, yeah. For Sampdoria, that's a reason to love them for sure. That other team from Genoa. In Sampdoria. So, yeah, there you go, guys. There's our fourth game of the week. Up next, our fifth game with OTFR and Team Meat Sauce. Bologna, 1-1 draw. Simone Verde, Bologna and Team Meat Sauce. The Battle of the Macron kits. And who comes out? Bologna with a point. How about it, Marco? I mean, when they came out of those locker rooms... Yeah, calm down, Sam. When they came out of those uh, those locker rooms wearing those, those uh, pre... Pre-game kits, the Macron kits. It was that's what I was saying. The Battle of Macron, man. Those two sponsored teams. Macron comes out with some fresh gear. Super and tight. Are they both tight on this one? They. I mean, you know, they're both. They. Yeah, I think most Serie A teams keep yeah, it tight. They but, keep it tight. Uh, I'm just talking about like the pre pre-game uh, warm-up hoodies. I mean, looking fresh. I would never be caught dead in an OTFR one, but Bologna. I've been there. Yeah. I've done that. Gotta, so. gotta look fresh for the <laughs> Riscaldamento. I grew Absolutely. up there. I grew up there. <laughs> Uh, Simone Verdi, who else, guys? I mean, seventh goal of the season isn't isn't a super stat, but he is at at the end of everything that's good of of Team Meat Sauce. I think he's got like ten man of the matches this year for the, for them at least, uh, and it seems like he's made the right choice staying uh, staying instead of going to Napoli. Because honestly, would Sadi have played him? I doubt it. He got called up to the national team. Uh, so, you know, he's in the headlines. And I think that at the end of the season, it, it, he will have done himself some good against different teams, getting that playing time. He's still young. Uh, and man, is he impressive. Love to watch him play. He's both footy. He takes, he takes corner kicks with his left foot. He takes free kicks with his right foot. Super impressive. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see where he goes next season. OTFR, raining shots this game. They probably deserve more, but 
They drop points in the race for Champions League, and it's you start to wonder. You know, they got a decent draw in Europa. How much weight does a team like this give to the Europa League, Sam? Go deep, go hard. This Which, is a chance to win proper silverware. No, 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 go deep. No, 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 go hard. It's going to give you an actual starting place in the Champions League. I reckon that you're more likely to instead of trying to catch Roma and Inter, you're more likely to pull off those, you know, great attacking performances that they have earlier this season. They're more likely to do that in Europa. Whew, that is a bold statement, man. You have a lot of confidence in Roma being consistent the rest of the season, especially Inter. Um, but I'm with Sam, though. I, really? I, not not so much uh, in the sense of uh, the the confidence in Roma, <laughs> but but more so the uh, the lack of confidence in OTFR in Syria. I just I, for the past few weeks I've been saying they're just not built for this. They continue to keep cracking, whether it's personnel disputes between the coach and the players. Uh, to getting results like this, like unexpectedly drawing here. Immobile has been fantastic, but I honestly, like, they just don't seem to have enough depth that I think going Europa, it seems to make sense for them. Try for Champions League through that. So maybe the players on OTFR, which have a lot of talent, maybe they're motivated on this kind of larger stage to to you know to be able to pick up some potential transfers at the end of the season just, if they're just, not happy it's less games it's yeah just exactly less games. it's a mathematical equation and they don't play Atletico Madrid until the final right well then yeah is that can, is they, that set is that how no, it works I have no idea no, I think they I, I think they redraw after this sure I don't know I don't know sure but even if they do like these are all these are all one off matches that. Yeah, you go for it. You do not. Yeah. You do not rest players thinking, "Oh no, we only care about fourth place." Like, no, yeah. no, I agree with that. I just, I don't know. Dortmund, Arsenal, uh, Dortmund's still in it, right? I believe, I believe Dortmund's still in it. I, Arsenal, you know, you, uh, Atletico Madrid. Uh, there's some big teams left in this. It's going to be tough to win. And Leipzig, the, the team that knocked out Napoli, even though Napoli maybe wasn't given 100% in the effort. But uh, that's up there. Their, their challenge next is uh, Red Bull Leipzig. New York Red Bull's ugly cousin. No, I don't. Actually, Dortmund, I don't believe, is, is left. I think they got knocked yeah, out. Yeah, they by, got waxed by, by one of the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, end of the day, I think that OTFR will have, be pretty happy with this season as, as, it, as it stands. Uh, Malinkovic, Savic, they just need to win something big because I think they're going to lose these big pieces yeah. at the end of the season. And so go go for broke. I agree with you guys in the end. I will say for selfish reasons, since uh, Curve America will be attending the Derby in a few weeks here, uh, looking forward that if that game, which always means something anyway, if that has table implications, that yeah. atmosphere at the Olympico is going to be insane. And now we found out it's a night game, which... Makes me a little Ooh, nervous, to be honest. Swear, first Buying time body in a few armor. years, yeah, right? A little nervous yeah. about that, i got to be honest. <laughs> but we're looking forward to that game. We will see how much it matters. All right, guys. Well done in the top five. We're going to take a quick break and then finish off with the last five games. Up first after the break is Milan and Chievo. This one finished 3-2 Milan. Milan proved they can do comebacks too, tipping the Flying Donkeys in a five-goal classic. Sam, go ahead. Yeah, Gattuso's side made it five in a row with this one, but they had to do it the hard way. They uh, opened the scoring, but uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the uh, Turkish dude's name. Kalinoglu. Chat. Chalhanoglu. You're right. Chal, Chal- C is J yeah, yeah, yeah. in Turkish. I don't know what the or rest is. CH. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> if we say it really quickly and then put like an Italian in flip. Chalhanoglu. Yeah. Chalhanoglu. Yeah. <laughs> Throw good, a little Italian. Yeah, Chalhanoglu. <laughs> so anyway, he opens the scoring. And then uh, Kievo got two in two minutes. Stepinski got the first one. And then Bobby English unleashed a top shelf rocket. It was one of those beautiful goals that like it's still going up as it, it hits the right. roof of the net. Bobby put some 90. English on that. Oh, Put some English, well, man. He nailed yeah, it. Yeah, well, he no, but, it. no, but it wasn't spinning. We're just going to go with it. With a name right. like Bobby English, with the outside of his, take it. <laughs> he hit it with the outside of his foot. Man, it, it was going to the heavens. Super goal. 
Anyway, Gattuso must have said something remotely either threatening or inspirational at halftime. Milan get back on terms with the Cutrone tap-in. Kudos on making the national team, by the way, young man. And in the dying minutes, guess who came up big? The Portuguese star, Andre Silva, second week in a row. Impressive. Uh, the, yeah. He's a, happy that they have Silva for sure. Yes. Yeah, so uh, um, poor old Milan uh, went down to Arsenal during the week in uh, the Europa League. And uh, one of the greatest injustices I reckon I've seen on the football field occurred when a penalty was given to Danny Welbeck. Did you guys see that? Where's the VAR, man? That's just embarrassing. Uh, Do not say anything about Serie A for the next year. That was embarrassing for EPL. Uh, that's And I made a point, actually, of, of telling people uh, in my social circles and work circles, and anyone that would goddamn listen, I was telling people on the street that, yeah, how dare you point yeah. the finger at Serie A when that is allowed to stand, yeah. and uh, UEFA's not even going to suspend him. Yeah. Not even, yeah, not even being reviewed, embarrassing. The Italian word, I would say, is vergogna. Yeah, so anyway, that was disappointing. But uh, the good news is that Milan's back in winning ways. Um, I think this international break comes at a perfect time for them. They need to, like, take a breath. Probably uh, there's a bit of a, an adrenaline dump because um, the next few weeks, I tell you what, they've got a shot at cracking the top four here. Which is insane from yeah. where they've yeah. been. Yeah, c- compared to what we would have said, what, like, 12 weeks ago or whatever. I would be very happy if Milan came in fourth and Roma ended up in third. Extremely happy. I just, uh, you know, it would be, you know, Spalletti, take that. OTFR, take that. Uh, It's just, it would be beautiful. And man, they're just so young that it, like the way they've been picking up the second half of the season, like players like Chalonoglu, what are they going to look like next year? I mean, you know, it is a big question mark because of the whole financial issues. But I tell you what, you know, with uh, the the excitement around the team and the history that they have, they have some players to build around. Um, so let's let's see what happens here. It, you know, I think it all falls back on Gattuso, and he's done a marvelous job. I uh, I've seen uh, some of the just Twitter is amazing. Milan Twitter. One of the things for Gattuso, just the quotes. His quote on Donnarumma, I talk to him every day. He's one of the few people I have coffee with. I've been close to him several times these past months. He has to stay loosened and contricated because he, if he thinks of anything else, the crap is right around the corner. Gattuso just keeping it real and just dropping that money quote, the, the, the quotes that Marco loves. i got to tell you, yeah. <laughs> I do love those quotes. <laughs> he was not a guy that I thought would actually be able to get this young Milan team to like rally around him and... Uh, and they're, they're playing beautiful football as well. It's not like he's just putting them in a four four two and just battering Ram straight to the striker. Like These guys are actually showing pretty good tactical awareness. And, yeah, they're building towards something. So, you know, it's good for the league. It's, it's important to have both the Milan teams doing well. But yeah. what a better coach to have a young team. Think about it. You know, like you have a, a, a coach who's super tactical, who is prestigious. You may, as a, a, a young player, just be very intimidated, very, you know, maybe overthinking things. Yeah. With a coach like Gattuso, the, the type of player that he was and what he demands out of his team, you know if you're working hard, he's probably going to be happy. You know, obviously don't, you know, don't make some crazy errors that professionals shouldn't be making. But if you're working hard... You know, and that's what the young players need. They just need to work their butts off because, and that, and Gattuso is just, he's been getting out of them and it's, it's, it's really paying its dividends. Yeah, I, I hope, I mean, that big cloud over Milan's head isn't going to go away with financial fair play, but if they make it interesting, at least on the field, whatever happens on that issue, so be it. But it's pretty cool that they're making it interesting here with a final push on the field. So we will see if Milan continues and can break the top four. We'll see about that. Up next, guys, we've got our seventh game with Atalanta and Hellas Verona. This one finished another 5-0 game. This one finished in Atalanta's favor. Hatal- oh, I don't know if I can say this, Marco. You can say it. Hatalanta. Rout Hellas. Yeah, take it away, man, and repeat your word. Holy Go ahead. hell, Hellas. <laughs> yeah, man, unbelievable performance on Atalanta's side, but, you know, really... This guy, Joseph Ilicic, he needs some praise here. Everybody's been so hyped on Papu, his little dance, his skills. 
Uh, but Joseph Ilicic is this season, he's been the anchor for the squad. Him and Brian Cristante, I think, are the relevations for this team. Uh, 10 goals and 7 assists. He gets them these three points uh, for sure. And he gets a hat trick as well. Uh, Atalanta, now they're Europe bound. And, you know, Milan plays Juve this weekend. They have to make up that game against Inter. They have a couple tough matches coming up. There's a potential three points to be brought back once once Milan plays Juve, not this weekend, the following one, uh, going into week 30. And, you know, everything's out on the table. I think Atalanta's got the team and the momentum to be able to at least make it really interesting at the end of the season. They got a big game against Udinese, who's been known to throw in an occasional decent performance this season, even though they've been on a very big slump with crack-eyed Odo. So Atalanta... You know, it's just good to see them be be playing so well. Love Bergamo. Would love to see it again in Europa because it just displays uh, Serie A's second, third-tier teams. Yeah, it was a perfect advertisement, actually, th- their performances in Europa. And, um, yeah, the way they're playing now, like uh, Ilicic up front, he's he's kind of like the same model as uh, Dzeko. Just solid dude who's surprisingly quick on the ball and good with his feet he's yeah. not just a target man well i'd say he's like a polished version of Schick, really Ooh. the way they play you yeah. know Schick? come on chris think it, think not- of someone from the balkans and just say their name yeah. you know who Schick is guys <laughs> uh elas guys bad yeah very bad yeah. and yeah. Uh, they were the team at the beginning of the season that we were a little hyped on especially with the rumors with cassano but Guys, it's very rare <laughs> that you see a, a game recap in whoscored.com uh, with one team having no strengths at the end of the game. I mean, <laughs> this team has had no strengths. And, the, you know, they gave away Giampaolo Pazzini as well. Uh, and, you know, he scored a, every once in a while a decent goal. I mean, I just think that Elas is, is relegation bound. There's nothing more to it. But they were on a two-game winning streak. Yeah. Like, where did they pull this 5-0 shellacking from? Like, yeah. it, if anyone should be fighting after the derby, nail. they won the derby. Right, they won the dirt. Like, jeez, uh, yeah, disappointing. Begs the question, since you bring up who scored, how is their throw-in ratio? Did we look that up? I didn't look at that, man. <laughs> I, I, the more stats I look at for Hellas, the more depressed I get. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll they, tell you what, they had five restarts from goals. So. Yeah, right. There's, there's a, there's a stat. <laughs> we know that one for sure. I'll tell you what, man. All right. I know what you're doing at the embassy every day. <laughs> Thinking up these gems. There goes Hellas uh, and our seventh game of the week. Up next, we've got Fiorentina and Torino. This one finished 2-1 in Fiorentina's favor. Fiorentina needs something to celebrate. It has been a brutal month for Fiorentina and the city of Florence. We all know with Davide Astori. Um, In this game, guys, the big storyline was VAR. It was used three times. The first time in the sixth minute where the referee gives Fiorentina the PK. But then, after reviewing VAR, the footage released that Emiliano Moretti's didn't, in fact, touch the ball or a Fiorentina player. PK opportunity denied. Then, Fiorentina get another opportunity to PK. This one was actually taken, and they miss it. Fortunately, goals did happen in this one. The first one goes to Laviola, Veritao, and then... Veritaut. Veritaut, Veritaut. Veritaut. I tried to be very Canadian and French there. I don't. You're trying to be very too? Yeah, it didn't, oh. didn't work. Uh, then you go to Torino's Belotti, who seemed to have gotten the, the drawing uh, goal in the 86th minute. Beautiful finish, by the way. And Belotti back on the scoreline. Uh, that's one thing Torino can celebrate in this game. Only for VAR to become a factor yet again in injury time, awarding a handball PK to Fiorentina... And this time, our old friend, Henry David, Cyril Thoreau, HDCT, converts for the W. Valissimo. Yep. <laughs> All right. So that gets us to table talk, guys. This actually puts Fiorentina ahead of Torino. Ninth place, Fiorentina, with 41 points. And Torino back there with 36 and the story continues to be. I mean, it's going to be for the rest of the season. With Davide's story, with Fiorentina, we're going to continue talking about him. Fiorentina named their training grounds for him this uh, this week. Everyone in the in the press conference talking about him. Pioli's still mentioning him in particular. And so, uh, you know, we still feel for Fiorentina. It is nice to see that they got to celebrate in this goal in this game. On the other side of the ball, Torino is not celebrating at all. There was a banner that uh, got displayed in the Torino Curva 
saying that they're just calling out the lackluster team, calling out the front office in particular, saying that they're only concerned with money. I felt that was a little harsh in the fact that Belotti is still wearing La Granata, the colors of Torino. What do you guys think about that? Is uh, Torino... Well, on the field, it's not good enough. That's a fourth loss in a row. Okay. Um, uh, I got some sympathy for the fans, but then, like you said, I mean... There are plenty of other teams. Have a look at Sampdoria. Have a look yeah. at Atalanta that have bled a lot more players in the offseason. Um, I think they've got a talented squad. Um, they had a good first half of the year. And, like, this is the thing. With the league is as big as it is, they're not really in danger of going down. Right. So, right. yeah, they're in a comfortable place. The thing I like about them, and I've been saying that, they're a northern Italian city. They got grit. They got, you know, some, some, some grinta. But uh, apparently they don't have grit. Man. Yeah, apparently not. That it's not showing through, and the and the uh, the northern Italians are not happy with the effort. So we'll see. Uh, there might be some repercussions right away here. Ilmister Masari. There was no press conference, which leads to speculation that his job is in trouble. He would be the second coach to get canned this season uh, after Mihalovic uh, for the club. So maybe Tad is right in saying that uh, at least Mazzari could rely on his acting career. So maybe we'll... they maybe they bring back Ventura, huh? <laughs> oh my God! Oh. I read that he actually attended. Well, don't even say his name. He attended Talk. a game Too this soon, weekend. Marco. It's oh, yeah. international Talk week. About Come on, a man. fire extinguisher. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. So feel for uh, uh, the the Toro fans up there in Torino. But uh, hey, look, he played Fiorentina. We're happy for them at given the month that they've had. Um, Forza Viola. All right. Up next, we've got our ninth game with Udinese and Sassuolo. This one finished 2-1 in Sassuolo's favor. Sassuolo escaped the danger zone with an important away win over Udinese. Go ahead, Sam. Incredible. Uh, Udinese have lost five in a row and have found a new way to lose in front of not many fans in that beautiful speckled stadium. Uh, (laughs) The Zebras put the ball into their own net to go down 1-0. Ali Adnan scored what I think is perhaps the own goal of the year. And uh, they got back on equal footing pretty quickly after, though. Uh, Vafana scored a fine goal. Now, what was interesting about this wasn't the finish. The finish was great, fantastic. But VAR was called to investigate apparently a foul or an alleged foul in the build-up. And um, it was a slide tackle in the midfield that... Uh, Nowhere near the play in question, like the, the goal-scoring yeah, exactly, play. exactly, yeah, right. which I thought was quite interesting. And It's um, happened a few times this, yeah. this past couple of weeks. Anyway, uh, it was deemed that it was, the goal was good. Um, and then in the second half, uh, Udinese had some good good chances. Sassuolo were holding on for grim life. But then they had a, a nice counterattack down the right, and Matteo Politano slid in the most perfect cross for Sensi to belt home and steal the three points back to Reggio Emilia. And I'll tell you what, they needed those points. Udinese in complete free fall. Is this a turnaround for Sassuolo? I don't think so. They haven't shown enough this season to be able to make that yeah, distinction. Uh, it's just, just, you know, not good enough. Until Berardi gets back up and running, their top players, um, I, I don't see a very uh, good future for Sassuolo. They're going to be hanging around that that drop zone for sure. Uh, we will see if they if they're able to hold on. Honestly, we're kind of rooting against them. That's that's what I'm going to say. Point. I'm all team Reggiana at this point. For the we've been talking about Berardi for two seasons now, and it hasn't happened yet. Sassuolo just putting a, out a crap uh, product out on the field. I'm team Reggiana. Get out of Stadio Mape. That's Reggiana's area. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the problem for all the anti-Sassuolo people out there is that there's quite a few teams between them and the relegation zone yeah. right now. So, yeah, they're three points away from the drop, but then Kiev are one, Spal are one. I mean, you got Crotone, Veron, and Benevento down there. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tight battle. Fun it's, to watch. Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, Sassuolo's kind of at the top of the pile of crap. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. where they are. Yeah, and Udinese, man, I mean, surely they're going to join, like, I, do you see them getting more wins the way they're playing? Like, I mean, oh. they, they seem to turn the corner there. Um, Every once in a while, Udinese puts in a decent performance. I'm telling you, they got some tricks up their sleeves. Marco, I've got a theory on this. Oh, yeah? So the owners of Watford also have shares in Udinese. <laughs> when Watford are doing well in the EPL, Udinese do not do well in Italy. Mm. 
Everything is a stock market. You heard it here. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure Watford just got waxed by Salah this weekend. Very true. Very true. Our our old friend. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Sam. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't make it any less true. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, guys. Well done. Let's finish off with our 10th game of this week. And we are definitely down in the danger zone here with Cagliari and Benevento. This one finished 2-1 in Cagliari's favor. I'm getting good at saying that. Two Feels goals, good, doesn't it? Yeah. Two goals in the 90th minute to rob the Stragoni of this one. Poor, poor Benevento. Marco, take it away, man. Yeah. Benevento, just painful. It's, you know? it's oh, I feel for them so much. I feel for them. They lose everything they fought so hard for at the very end of the match, 91st and 97th minute. And not even Brigoni can explain this one, guys. Unbelievable. Sam, same thing happened to Benevento first leg. Yeah. I mean, you brought that up. And yeah. it's just like this this yeah. uh this team just can't they just you know, they can't catch a break. But they have know, offended the football gods, Marco. Clearly. And they are paying the price. I mean, like, what were the odds? What do you reckon Vegas was paying for Calcutta Benevento, two games in a row to be decided with two goals after the 90th minute. Yes. You've got to be kidding me. Seriously. Oh, well, for for Cagliari too, you know, painful as usual this season, but five points clear of the relegation zone. They'll be happy with that. Oh, for yeah. the second week in a row, guys, it's the new dynamic duo, Pavoletti and Barella. They get the two goals again. Um, you know, they're the one they're the end of the season one two punch, I guess, for uh for the relegation. The danger zone. So Guys, Forza Benevento. Yeah. Forza Brignoli. How many points is Benevento getting at the end of the season? 16? To be fair, we were saying in the beginning we were expecting nine Nine. at best. So they've beaten that. (laughs) But are they getting more than 25, which would get them out of the relegation zone? There's no way. There is no way. There's no way. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, to get to 25. So 15 more points. Do they even have 25 players on their roster? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got uh, Sanya. True. Yeah, true. that's yeah. true. Twenty fifth player, like three. Yeah, that was a big get, but uh, I think uh, get I, his I, sticker in the uh, you know the Italian sticker books. I don't yeah. even know where yeah, that came from. Twenty five players, a lot of players for. <laughs> for I mean, for I team. guess that would make sense. Yeah. All right. Well, well done. Thank you, Sam, for joining us for week twenty nine. Uh, we appreciate you filling in for Tad. You're very welcome. We uh, will not be potting next week because it's the international break, as we said on this podcast. This is the last break before the big home stretch for Syria season, ending with uh, nine more weeks to go. With, in this international break, we've got our big three teams. First off, we've got U.S. and Paraguay. They're playing next Tuesday, March 27th. For nothing, nobody cares, uh, since we're not in the World Cup. And then Italy, we mentioned, is playing Argentina on Friday, which... Two big teams, Italy also not going to the World Cup. They also play England on March 27th, next Tuesday. And then Sam, the, yes. only, the only World Cup team that we want to report on on yes. this podcast. Australia, the Socceroos, they're taking on Norway this Friday. And then you got Colombia on March 27th. You feeling yes. good about this? Uh, mate, I, uh, this is the weakest Socceroos team I have witnessed in probably, whoa, I'd say 15 years. Um, we have a new coach, would you believe? The yeah. coach that got them to the World Cup quit. quit. or something, yeah, right? Yeah, he quit. Yeah. yeah. Weirdo. Anyway, so we got uh, Bert Marvai. Somebody North Marvan Holland Bike. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He took uh, Holland to the final against Spain back in um, 2010. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that that guy yeah it's a good one it's so, a good get well what i'm trying to say is like you know and this to, to everyone out there if you don't have a team to root for well the word root means something very different in australia and i would encourage you to root your way towards the soccer <laughs> all right has, get on board it has the uh, root has the root root in there yeah root root i'm telling you guys i am still <laughs> sharp it's before nine o'clock i think we're ending here Marco, I'm curious for you. Who would you be rooting for in this World Cup? We haven't had this talk yet. Italy's out. U.S. is out. You got any favorite teams Come other on. than Australia? Come oh, on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to root for an African team. <sighs> I would not mind me some African team winning. Uh, but, I, you well, know, hey, I, what, honestly... What, what African teams are in? Egypt. Egypt. Oh, that's, 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 um, that's, a that's a good one. That's a good one. Is Cameroon? No. No, no they, they, they didn't make no, it didn't this make year. It. Morocco made it. Morocco. Benatia. Yeah, that could be fun too. But mm-hmm. uh, 
this is going to sound, you know, you're going to hate me for this, but I kind of want Portugal to win the World Cup. That's disgusting. That's interesting. I just That's... think that Ronaldo is so impressive. And, you know, if you can win. Wow, you're if you terrible. Can win, Did you enjoy the Euro? If you can win Did the Euros. Did you actually enjoy the Euro? If you can win Euros, you can win the World Cup. I don't know if that's true, but uh, what I don't know. It's it's the whole world. It's it's not just Europe. I'm I'm not a, a that much of a Europhile. I am going with uh, Australia for Sam for sure, 100. percent But I'm going with uh, uh, Argentina as well. So I'm taking the other side of the big right. world debate with Messi, hoping he wins right. his World Cup. And uh, they've got a lot of people with uh, vowels in their last names. Oh, what for a Argentina. squad. And there squad. is your Corp of America World Cup preview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right before international right break. Right before international break. All right. That's yep. it. Might change a little bit before the end of the season, but that's where we're at. Looking yep. forward to the uh, World Cup special, fellas. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so enjoy it. Let's go Socceroos for Sam out there. We will be back in two weeks. Until then, ragazzi, diciamo. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.